Hello and welcome to another edition of the Copcast podcast. We're coming to you after Spurs. After Spurs. After Spurs got fucking battered 2-1. And to discuss Spurs getting battered 2-1 and trying to defend for 90 minutes against the European champions in futility, I have John Henderson, another cameo appearance. Good to have you back, Johnny. And Belfast, how are you doing? I am good, mate. Always nice to be on. Good, yes, and it's always nice to have you, buddy. How you doing? Are you good? Yeah, I'm good. Turned 40, 41 today, so, you know. But uh, that's a bit grim, but aside from that, Liverpool's still great, so that'll, that'll keep me going. Well, all you wanted for your birthday was three points, so what more can you ask for, lad? Absolutely, absolutely. Yeah, <laughs> and also... In the Netherlands, I have uh, Beryl Agus. Beryl, how are you doing this evening? I am very well. Uh, uh, much better than a week ago, I, uh, I should say. Yeah, I would say much better than a week ago too. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, and finally, um, Cengiz, you're out in Cyprus. Are you still in Cyprus? <laughs> yeah, mate, still Just in Cyprus. This, um... Yeah, so we've got Cengiz Gogori this week. He's in Cyprus. Um, well, who knows where he'll be the next time. <laughs> He fucking comes on here um, on his uh, on his globe trotting escapades. Um, how are you? How are you doing, mate? Good, mate. Thanks. Um, I'm adjusting to uh, the surroundings here in Cyprus after a while. Um, uh, we've been having some mixed weather. Uh, it's kind of reminiscent of um, the tropical storms, and then we have uh, very summery days. Um, today was one of them. Um, so yeah, it's uh, it's nice to be back home, uh, and yeah, looking forward to talking about the Reds. Good, good, good. All right. Well, look, I'll stick with you, Chengis. Um Spurs, Spurs came and Spurs scored like really ridiculously, absurdly early in the game. A fairly lucky goal deflected onto the post, bounces back right into Kane's path. We get all the luck, he says, but hey. And then Spurs, I don't know whether this was by accident or design, but Spurs came with a, a, a different formation than any other. They just seemed to try something. Pochettino seemed to try something different every time that, that Spurs play us. And they were treated into this narrow kind of kind of 4-4-2-ish sort of shape, 4-2-2-2 shape. I'm not really sure what it was, but it was very, very narrow and very, very deep. And... For large parts of the game, looking at the stats, it, it didn't really work for them, and and we were really able to um, we were really able to get on top of them and, and like properly dominate them. Absolutely, mate. Um, you know, it's funny. Um, I, I I turned the game on, um, and one of the first things uh, the commentator was saying was that uh, yeah, the last time uh, Liverpool played Spurs, um, uh, they got the early goal in the first couple of. Uh, uh, in the first couple of minutes with the penalty, and then all of a sudden um, you have um, uh, Sonny uh, taking a shot and then um, uh, the ball bouncing back uh, from Alisson's save and Harry Kane, of course, he's there um, at the very uh, precise place where he's supposed to be and heads the ball in. Um, you called it lucky, but Martin Tyler didn't agree. He treated it as a wonder goal. And um, <laughs> yeah, so 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 they go 1-0 up, um, but... You know, I think um, it, it was a bit of, um, I mean, if you look at uh, what Klopp said in his uh, pre-match, uh, pre-match interviews, um, he, he saw the lineup and he said, 
um, check out the lineup of Spurs and tell me 10 teams that have a better uh, starting 11 than that. So uh, when you see that, um, that squad, that starting 11 uh, that plays, uh, you automatically think that you know, they're going to have um, a go at you. And they actually did have a go in the first few minutes. Uh, and they had maybe one more chance, uh, one or two, where um, Son uh, rounds the goalkeeper and um, has a shot that uh, uh, deflects off the, uh, the crossbar. Uh, but apart from that, they never were really in the game. Uh, it, it was it was kind of weird. I, I'm I'm not sure if they actually set up in that way because uh, it, it, I mean Klopp also mentioned that they they had a few um, um, uh, surprise tactics um, to try and um, uh, like um, uh, put us into a shock and maybe surprise us a little bit. But you know we had to adapt to that. Um, and I think we did brilliantly for the majority of the game. But nevertheless, um, you know, when, when you see that kind of lineup, you, you maybe try and think they try and uh, control the game um, as they uh, pretty much did in the Champions League final. Uh, but they, they, were, they weren't really in the game for uh, the majority. Um, you saw them uh, bring on Endombele um, to try and add an additional uh, physical dimension in their midfield because we were so um, uh, absolutely overpowering them everywhere. We were so incredibly dominant, and it it, it kind of uh, felt like uh, at times Pochettino maybe used this um, uh, as a reciprocal kind of tactic uh, to the Champions League final, where uh, they tried to surprise us with their lineup, but the, the main tactic was um, to sit back and try and hit us on the counter <clears throat> with what they have uh, up front, you know, with uh, the likes of Harry Kane, uh, Son, uh, Dele Alli, and. And, and, it, and it actually worked in the first minute, so they kind of um, surprised us, but we absolutely managed to um, stay strong during the game. Um, I think we had the most number of shots on target over the last few years. Uh, we had 70% possession, um, or around 70%, and um, uh, Pep Linders uh, mentioned in, a, in the pre-Arsenal press conference that uh, he was very impressed with what we did um, in the in the 30% of the of the time that we didn't have the ball. And he, he also mentioned that uh, the front three were basically uh, marking out or uh, putting some serious pressure on six burst players. So that pretty much tells you all you need to know about the game when you have uh, your front three players um, pressing left, right and center, uh, hurrying around and giving um, six burst players absolutely no time on the ball. Um, and it's it's just... Absolutely brilliant to watch because you know it's you really don't. Uh, this team really doesn't know when to stop, and it's absolutely not over until we say it is. Um, until the 90 plus five minutes or so uh, are done and dusted. So uh, whatever the circumstances, we always just somehow manage to find a way to win. Whether um, it's through a penalty, it's um, um, maybe a deflection and a goalkeeping error due to our. Uh, sustained pressure um, or just um, an absolutely worldly um, uh, from outside the box or whatnot. So it's just brilliant to watch, mate. And I, I, I just can't get enough of the Reds at the moment. Beryl, it was, it, it was just so, it was a powerful performance, I suppose, is the best way I can think of to describe it. We were like so, so dominant. Um, Cengiz is actually absolutely right in everything that he's saying. And, Something that I found interesting that we, we saw was 
the, the fullbacks. The fullbacks saw a lot of the ball, loads and loads of the ball, and Trent was in, in his delivery and his passing was absolutely superb. But that was something that Spurs Spurs did with real success in the Champions League final. They stopped that big switch from Robertson to Trent. They stopped them getting space to to put quality balls into the box and they stopped them getting around the back. And Pochettino actually talked about it as well before the game, that that was what, that was what they were going to try and do and that was what they worked on. And, and they seemed to retreat from that. And the two fullbacks were, were instrumental in, in the way the game played out in the end. Yeah, it's it's you know you know you, you you would think that they know this is our strength, and it's 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 like watching a machine. It's everybody knows uh, what to do at at what point in uh, in time, and and uh, and with the pivot in the middle, uh, Fabinho. But uh, you're absolutely right. The, the the fullbacks are are instrumental to to the way we play. So it it, it was confusing. Uh, how they tried to stop that because they weren't uh, in the first half. Uh, I thought Eriksson played on the right and uh, and Son played from the left, and Son did his best to stop uh, to stop uh, Trent uh, a few times. But you know he he had to cover a lot of space because he was also helping out with Salah and he was also helping out with Henderson etc. And uh, on the right, uh, on our left side, uh, um, Ericsson wasn't tracking Robertson. It was it was Sissoko who was going to him, but and 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 it was clearly wasn't working for them because you know, we 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 switched from left to right and 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 we're overloading them uh, time and again. And and Trent is our playmaker. There's there's people get confused because. Yeah, in our um, mindset, you know, our, uh, fullbacks are not very important players, and they are not the best players. Uh, I've heard someone say that the right back is generally the, the worst player in, in in a team, but uh, and, and not anymore. It's it's uh, uh, there are trends in, in football, and and one of these trends is that the 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 playmaker from the back position and. And they are; these are very important positions, and and and, and uh, I've seen it on match of the day, I believe, or uh, it might have been somewhere else. But the, the contrast between their fullbacks and ours is 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 very stark. And yeah, uh, we we were able to do what we like to do, uh, which is get uh, Trent into position, and 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 let him dominate the the, the play. By by crossing the ball, but also you know by switching to the left side and 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 they had so much uh, space to cover and they needed to switch from left to right to press us that it was clear that they weren't wouldn't be able to to do this uh, the ninety minutes long and and uh, and and Eriksson's legs were falling off uh, uh, in the second half it was it was clear he couldn't he could cope with the, with the, with the Robertson there uh, I I I didn't. Actually, think that Robertson had a very uh, good game, uh, delivery-wise, result-wise. But he was, uh, as always, working very hard and and uh, making uh, things very hard for them. Uh, but Trent was was absolutely magnificent. He was, uh, you know, uh, he he has uh, he's been playing for three years now. Second year, second season, he's been uh, treated as a, as a starter, as a regular. And, uh, and we we tend to forget how young the he he actually is and and but he's he is very important to us and um, 
Yeah, no, I don't think this will be the season in which uh, Klopp will uh, put Gomez there um, w when we play uh, away against Barcelona, for instance. So yeah, it was it was magnificent to see. It was it's never nice to go behind, of course, but uh, to concede a goal and um, uh, but but we weren't nervy. It was only ten minutes or so. We we needed to find uh, our uh, our wits again. But up to that moment, they were. Uh, at, at one point, um, I think around 15 or 20 minutes, it was uh, Kane putting the ball into the stands, uh, and, and and it was clear that they couldn't cope with us, and and, and the breakthrough would come. It took us longer than than I would have thought, but um, it, the win was inevitable, and we were relentless. Yeah, absolutely relentless. There's absolutely no doubt about it, and it. it for large parts of the game, probably the majority of the game, Johnny, it, it just looked like there was there was going to be no other result other than, than us coming away with the three points. And I've, there's, I have two questions for you, so try and pay attention because, you know, I take ages to talk sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> right, so... Spat it out, Dave. Right, okay. So first and foremost, Beryl's, you know, um, waxed lyric all about Trent there, and absolutely rightly so, and... It's funny that they let him have the ball. It looked to me as though they let him have the ball that much. And was there a thought there that they would let Trent have the ball to try and exploit the space that he left them behind by by almost encouraging him to be that advanced? Or is it just they just got it wrong after after scoring the early goal and maybe Pochettino doesn't really want those players playing that shape? And... What does that say about what does that say about the midfield? When the midfield comes in, the the midfield, the lamented midfield, and we are really creative for whatever reason. Um, and Klopp is absolutely delighted with the with the performance afterwards. He's he's ecstatic in the interview, and you know, in comparison to, to Wednesday night when he was really not happy at all. It it, it says that there's something there that maybe us is. Fans and some fans aren't seeing. Only Spurs know really what they were trying to do, but I think it probably is something in that that they would have looked at Liverpool's team and probably thought defensively. You know, they they, they were probably thinking that right side of the defence at centre back was a toss up between you know could be could be Lovren could be um, Gomez. They've had joy against Lovren in the past. You know, Son is probably who hasn't. Yeah, you know, you know, um, but Son is probably as well one of their more dangerous. You know, him and Kane, but Son is a real big threat for them. So there, there probably was thinking that you know, everyone knows that there's the space. You know, Liverpool do invite the fullbacks on. They 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 push them on. That's a tactic. You can get you can get at Liverpool that way. So I think there was probably a bit of that. But I think ultimately, you know, the the problem they had was you know. People were saying Ericsson was playing right wing and he didn't fancy it. You know, Gary Neville and a lot of those guys after just said, look, he didn't fancy it. And I don't even think he was even that much right wing. I think Ericsson's natural inclination was to go in towards the centre. And, and it was just constantly this recurring thing where Trent would get the ball, he would look up. Ericsson would be sort of wandering into the centre and Trent would just look up and just zip the ball out to Robertson. And, we'd, and you know, we just moved them and moved them and moved them and Winks, 
you know, tired as the game went on. You know, Sissoko was getting about, but they were just so, so deep. I mean, I remember in the first, you know, the pattern of the game, even as early as eight, nine minutes in, when they didn't have, you know, when they didn't have the ball, you know, Kane was Kane was halfway inside his own half. Their, their midfield had retreated and, you know, Ericsson wasn't a natural in getting out to, to Robertson. So, that you know, they just invited us to shift the ball about. And we are, as the, you know, as the guys have said, we're just such a... We're just such a balanced team at the moment, and wherever the weakness is, wherever the the other team are sort of falling down or maybe not doing things one hundred percent right, we just then apply the pressure. And you know, as it turned out, yeah, listen, the fullbacks were getting a lot of room, and Trent was Trent was getting a lot of space, and he absolutely, you know, he just he, he just had so many opportunities to deliver balls in and cut wee balls in and. Eventually, I think just that physicality, that midfield, Dave, and that's why, you know, that midfield Klopp likes them because they they close off passing lanes, they work hard, they provide the platform for the front three and for the fullbacks to do what they do. And you know, at the end of the day, we were just a lot more up for it than Spurs. And uh, you know, I think with you know everything about us, tech, you know, technically, tactically, physically. We were a lot better than them. And I think genuinely the scoreline flattered them. I mean, Mane, Van Dijk, real simple headers in the in the first half. I genuinely think they were lucky to get out with the score that they did. The only surprise was it took so long to, to equalize. But um yeah, like Pochettino's been up against Clap a lot of times and he's tried a, a fair few things now, but fortunately for us, none of them really seem to have, you know, worked. Uh, they haven't cracked the code yet. But then again, not many teams have. And Chengis, it's you know, it's forty-seven games one defeat, and and people are still questioning team selections and certain players that are playing. Um, but one player that is a mainstay now, um, and you know, after the front, you know, I was going to say nearly the first name in the team sheet, but fucking hell, where do you even start with the first name in the team sheet? It's like the first eight names in the team sheet, or the first nine names in the team sheet. Um, but the one I'm talking about is is Fabinho and Spurs gave him space to use and that and that was fine. Um and they thought giving it to him deep was was, was safe enough. But you know, he created as much as much of, of the play as anyone. Um he really dictated the tempo. He he was able to switch the he's able to switch the pass, the, the play from, from right to left, and he also has that lovely clipped ball. You know, over the top as well with Salagan on the end of on one occasion, and he's just become so important to how this team plays now. When a team sets that deep and tries to defend that deep, he's a massive, massive asset that we have. He has so many qualities which are absolutely indispensable, uh, whether it's uh, from a defending point of view or when we're uh, really pushing up high up high up the field. You know, he's just always there to. You know, make the strong tackle, try and win the ball, you know, make a sprint back um, and um, do, a, do a sliding tackle from behind, as we've seen um, in several games, including uh, the Barcelona game. Um, and, you know, he has the ability to uh, switch the play uh, very smartly um, from the center to the right, to the left. Um, but also, as you mentioned, just um, uh, chip a ball um, over the back line of the opposition to try and find one of our forward players. And it's just, uh, he's absolutely incredible. I mean, 
we've missed this kind of player for so long and we finally have um, our kind of um, Patrick Vieira type of player, if you like, um, who just who's not shy of um, any tackle and just con <clears throat> contributes uh, so much, not only defensively, but going forward as well. And, you know, the biggest um, kind of um, struggle for the opposition is that almost all our players um, are pretty much involved in um, somehow in our attacking place, dictating the play in the midfield. Um, that means you're pretty much concentrating uh, players on the center of the pitch, which then gives time um, to our fullbacks. Um, and, you know, as, as, as we uh, touched upon uh, just moments ago, I mean, you just can't give uh, Trent Alexander-Arnold any sort of time and space because uh, <laughs> I thought it was really funny where um, uh, Carragher talks about um, Trent as uh, Kevin De Bruyne at right back. I think it's absolutely hilarious, but also kind of uh, accurate in some sense. Um, it's strange though, it's strange though, Django, because it's not as wide of the mark as some people might think because he does take up a lot of those similar positions that De Bruyne takes up. But absolutely, and it's playing from a different area of the pitch. Absolutely, and not just uh, taking the positions, but the power and the accuracy of those um, crosses and the, the ability to um, do the early cross is just absolutely incredible. I mean, you just can't get enough of uh, watching the lad and, you know... Is it 20, 21 years old um, and already in the Ballon d'Or shortlist. I mean, that pretty much says everything. And uh, if you just, uh, if you go go back and watch, uh, there, there's a couple of two to three minutes um, uh, highlight reels of um, Trent against um, Spurs. And the way he, he switches play from right back to left back to Robo, the way he pings those balls and, you know, just the confidence at which he strikes them, you know, with the swerve in the air. Uh, to pinpoint accuracy to the foot. It's just absolutely incredible, mate. And uh, one thing I did realize um, with how how we do utilize our fullbacks, especially Trent, usually when the game is nil-nil, uh, we try and um, kind of control the game, be a bit more patient, maybe try and see how, um, how the opposition is um, trying to set up against us, trying to uh, determine their formation and uh, try and invite them to the ball and just pass it around, uh, you know, be a bit more patient. But as soon as um, we concede um, that first goal, um, whether it's um, uh, whether we uh, give up, um, give up the lead or if it's uh, an equalizer or whatnot, we immediately start using, uh, especially Trent, much more. You start seeing many more uh, crosses into the box and it's just unstoppable because, you know, when you have a midfield of um, uh, Fabinho, uh, Gini Wijnaldum, who is almost impossible to dispossess of the ball, um, and uh, a workhorse like Jordan Henderson, you you really try and uh, not give them much space, but then that leaves the fullbacks um, available, and then you have the problem of um, how do you deal with the fullbacks and, and the crosses that they put in. So it's just... Um, I really, I've, I've really tried to think about, you know, any potential uh, weaknesses that we have and how teams can try and target us. And you know, we've seen um, over the course of the last few years, um, especially uh, many different types of tactics uh, from uh, different kinds of teams. You know, as uh, we we talked about a pre-pod, how 
um, you know, managers are now going out of their way to uh, try and uh, maybe find a solution. And it just doesn't seem like there's a solution because, uh, you know, if you try and absolutely man-mark Trent and Robo out of the game, uh, you have Jordan Henderson who's playing in midfield, um, usually on the right-hand side of midfield. Um, and we did see um, how he got us the goal. He was uh, pretty much on the right wing. Uh, so you could also see the scenario where if you try and really mark Trent out of the game, then you still have Jordan Henderson, who's, uh, you know, taking up that right midfield or right winger spot. And uh, he it was brilliant of him to uh, finish the way that he did um, to get the equalizer. So it's just I really can't see any holes in our team or any weaknesses that any teams can exploit. And um, that gives me absolute confidence and so much um excitement going into the season segue me nicely in there Beryl and, uh, or Tenga sorry and Beryl there's there's been talk recently um, about Henderson and his position where he, he's playing wider and almost like a right midfielder and that's fair enough and I did see that and it's great the way he sneaks around the back post um, and gets on the and gets on the end of the the cross for the goal but what I did notice as well was while Henderson was playing quite wide and we, we saw a few runs um, down the right-hand side to get to get to the byline nearly and I, you know, I think he's unlucky not to get a penalty at one point as well but what I did notice was, was Trent playing pr- really narrow at times um, and I don't know whether that was just because of, there was a couple of phases in the couple of phases of play where he did take up a narrow position that were significant like the ball to Mane for his header, which he really should score, and and the shot that he takes from from Robertson's pullback, which is fairly central. Um, but he seemed to be taking up almost a, a more midfield-ish position, a number eight-ish position. You spotted that right. I this might be uh, the way we try to cope with the the, the tactic that Man United um, deployed against us last week. Occupying our our uh, our our fullbacks, and, and and you might counter that. You can counter that by by positioning your your midfielders more wide and and uh, let your fullbacks get inside so they can. Uh, and in the case of 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 uh, uh, of Trent, we just said he, he is he's one of our playmakers. So it is important. It is it is crucial that he gets on the ball. So. Uh, you, you might have spotted uh, 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 an interesting tactic there. Um, coming back to Henderson, he had a, he had a, a, an, a, an interesting uh, afternoon. Let, let, let's put it that way. He he didn't start very well. I, I you know he was at fault for the goal. But if you could if you can you know pin blame on that because you know it was his mistake. Uh, he, he lost the ball on the midfield and 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 uh, and Sissoko, uh, I think drove the ball uh, upfield and he, he did that a few times and Henderson uh, doesn't have the pace to 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 stop people like Sissoko and uh, and, and then uh, Son sold sold him and 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 shot and, and you know we know the rest but um, one thing you can always count on with uh, with uh, with Henderson is is you know he, he will give his all and 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 some people might say okay that's that's the least you, you, and every every player uh, needs to do every, every, uh, give their all uh, at any time on the pitch but yeah, it it is just isn't the case and he is always driving us 
and and he's always doing his best. And and you know, I think he he scored this goal because he he, he was at fault for the goal we conceded. So, um, and, and he got in a position he doesn't get into very often. Uh, and when he gets there, it's mostly to to provide Salah some space. If you remember the 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 wonder goal. Salah scored against Chelsea last season. Something that most people wouldn't have spotted was that, uh, and, and, and you know, I, I'm not saying I'm the tactical genius that spotted it, but you know, other people uh, pointed this out. Uh, before Salah gets the ball, you see uh, Henderson making a run into the corner, and uh, one of the Chelsea players is is you know following because he might get the ball. Uh, and, and this is what opens up the space for Salah to shoot. And, and this is something he does uh, a, a, a number of times every game. And uh, what, he, what he is doing, and it's a very unthankful job, uh, is accommodating, facilitating what, what Salah and what Trent are doing. Uh, on the other side, it's Wijnaldum facilitating what Mane is doing and what, uh, what Robertson is doing. Uh, and it is an unthankful job. And I, I, was, I was glad he could... He could, uh, you know, uh, not only do the unthankful part, but also score and 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 sh- and show his his uh, 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 you know w- what he brings to the team in that way as well. So yeah, yeah, it's it's with Henderson, you know, he isn't he isn't the best player in the world, uh, but he is a good player and he's always a, a player who gives everything for for this club, for everything for his team, and 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 uh, you know if if Klopp likes him. Uh, Everybody should should know their their uh, their place in that in that sense and and, and uh, acknowledge that the club probably knows a little about football and and he, he probably knows which players will deliver uh, for him. So yeah, I was glad he he could show that he is a, a good player and he is uh, 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 he, he has earned a place in our in our team. Absolutely, and I think. I think that is the one thing about Henderson that that he undoubtedly earns his spot every every time he sets foot in the pitch. Um, he, he's not there. He's not there for any other reason than than he, he's he's doing exactly what the manager wants him to do. In my in my eyes, anyway, Johnny, another one who who does exactly what the manager wants him to do, and probably more, um, is James Milner, and he comes off the bench. <laughs> And if you want to talk about you want to talk about game management, fuck me, what a foul that was! He absolutely, I don't know who it was. He absolutely empties somebody on the break, and then manages to get up the other end of the pitch, hold the ball in the corner, and then win a free kick for us before he even gets booked. And that's again, that's what I saw during this game, Johnny. That's what I saw, you know, the whole way through it, right from right from we went one 0 down was how we managed the game. We didn't panic. We didn't get frustrated. We stayed patient. We stayed composed. And then when we did get the lead, we did everything we had to, and we trusted in the best goalkeeper in the world to, to do whatever he needed to do to see the game out and go away with the three points. And it never ceases to amaze me how this team managed to navigate their way through matches to get a win. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, you know, the... There was a bit of a discussion, wasn't there, on the the coverage after the game, and they were talking about you know the, why Liverpool are very different 
to City and it's the way that Liverpool win. You know, City seem to click into gear where they they move the ball about and then they they cut the team open and they you know they always seem to score that goal where they pull the ball back to Bernardo Silva or Aguero or Sterling and they walk it into the net and they always seem to go two or three nil up and if, you know it's a very different way that Liverpool Liverpool can cut teams up out wide with the fullbacks but you know they can grind it out too they can they can score all sorts of goals and win all sorts of games and you're absolutely right I mean that's the biggest thing for me in this whole run we've been on since and I'm going to say this run we've been on we've been on this run since the start of last season um it's a feature of of this team under Klopp is that we find a way to win and James Milner is a, he is a big part of that he, he trusts you know listen there are loads of there's loads of arguments in the Liverpool fan base about you know the midfield at times people will criticize it for maybe a lack of goals for you know maybe a lack of creativity and you know you see them sometimes what Oxlade Chamberlain can do what Keita can do and you know there's there's always this discussion and I have no doubt you know that I think Klopp really does like Keita he really does like Oxlade Chamberlain but at the at this moment in time it's it comes down to what you said Dave it's that trust you know and he absolutely trusts Henderson and Milner, especially when we don't have the ball. He just really, really trusts them to do that. And yeah, I mean, what Milner done was, you know, th- that absolute, just that know-how of being a bit cynical and being, a, and I think one of the things that we've got with with Fabinho as well now is, you know, we've just got players that are that a wee bit, they're a wee bit nasty, you know. They've got that bit of edge to them, and they'll do what it takes to win a game and get a result over the line. And if it means they've got to take somebody out or clatter someone, I can't remember either, Dave, who it was that he absolutely nailed. I don't know if it was Son. It might have been Son or Dali Ali. Really oh, I don't even care. I don't even care who it was. But it was fucking brilliant. I what's absolutely love the phrase we use. Agricultural was it? Oh, it was. Ag- agricultural tackles but it was yeah listen that's that's what they do and Tr- Klopp is big on that he is big on you've seen Klopp celebrate tackles on the sideline as <laughs> like a goal he, he loves that and yeah he brought in Milner to get us over the line and he brought him there to do exactly that and Milner took his booking but we took the three points and that's that's a feature of this team but I mean I you just can't talk about the midfield day without Fabinho um I know we're talking about talking about him. I just think he is playing at a level at the moment that's that's incredible, really. He is the, the the number one name in that midfield now. I think it's Fabinho plus two others every week. That's the discussion now when it comes to big games. He's he's been that good. Yeah, I agree. It's it's almost Johnny like he has the best of Mascherano and the best of Alonso. Do you know what I mean? Plus he has yeah. that. He, you know, he can he can win the ball. He's quick across the ground. But he can win the ball and come out with the ball as well. He's so good at winning the ball and coming out with it. Um, he's good uh-huh. in the air. And then he has that that passing range. Like there was at one point in the second half that he was he was he was it was literally like a conductor because the way he was spraying the ball, it was 
it was left and right and through the middle and it with pace and a little clip dink pass out to Trent and it kept coming back to him and he kept feeding it left and right. And you could just see Spurs being dragged left and right and deep and high up the pitch to try and press. And then it goes again. And he was literally playing them a tune. Oh, he was. And, and, and what I noticed about him as well is, I mean, Mascherano played a very sort of distinctive way. And, and you know, held All action. Yeah, yeah. But what I, what I find with... Uh, what I find with Fabinho is, you know, when a team retreat and retreat, he's not afraid to go that 10, 15 further, you know, the yards up the pitch. He's he's not afraid to get stuck in further up the pitch. But there was one moment in the in the first half where I thought it's where he's just a level above, you know, in terms of his technique and what he does. I think we had a free kick and they cleared it and we were well pushed up. And it was in, he went to go for the second ball and there was two Spurs players around him and they were actually trying to pinch the ball. And I I remember watching at the time going, Christ, if he loses this, you know, we're in big trouble here. Uh, it was one of those ones where they really could have broke on us quickly with Son. But under pressure, he went in and he managed to shield the ball and he managed to get do a turn and a touch and he actually managed to win a free off them. Um, pretty near to their box. And I remember thinking, he's just everything about him. You know, anytime he seems to be in a situation, he he has the touch, he has the skill. He has that bit of Brazilian touch and flair about him as well. But, oh, what a footballer he is. He, I mean, he is going to be, uh, you know, I, th- I think he's only 25 or something like that. It's absolutely frightening to think. Um, I think he just turned 26. I think I saw that recently. Uh, it's a you know it's hard to believe how good that that lad is going to be in a few years. You know if he keeps up this levels, he's absolutely sensational. He really is. He's just an unbelievable footballer. Yeah, he's he's the player we've been we've been absolutely crying out for. It's you know it's it's DM. <laughs> do you remember? Do you remember? Can he play DM? Do you remember that? <laughs> yeah, do you remember? Can he can he play DM? Oh, brilliant! Those were the days, eh? The glory days. Um, but and he's he's not even really. He's not like you can call him a defensive midfielder, but he's so much more than that. Like he is so much more than that, Chengis. And this brings us to the discussion around the four yellows. It's in the league where they count. The, it's it's Villa v, it's it's Villa then City, and I don't know. What do you do? What do you do? Um, you Villa coming up. Um, away, which they've been decent, you know. Um, I think Grealish's out, which will be a blow for them. But um, you've also got Arsenal during the week where you could come in and you can give him a game and say, Do you know what? If I was going to play one of the other guys, then it might as well be him because I'll not take the risk. Of course, we play um, Arsenal tomorrow. Um, and then the next game, uh, so if he skips Villa, then he can still play. Uh, in the Champions League uh, against Hank um, on Tuesday. Um, and then he would still have uh, five games um, until um, until the City game. So um, you, ideally, you'd, you wouldn't want to keep him out, out, out the side for too long. And maybe um, even though he, he really knows how to manage his game and uh, keep his cool, um, I think he got booked on. Um, early in the game uh, against Barcelona and, you know, uh, w- with it being such a critical game, uh, 
you know, it was it was kind of worrying as to how he would manage, but he he didn't get his um, second yellow, and he still he was still going into challenges um, even though he he was on a yellow. So I think he he's pretty calm uh, with the way he plays. Um, I think Birol um, mentioned pre-pod that he never um, got um, a second yellow booking and uh, getting sent off before. So uh, he obviously has a really good discipline and. Uh, just a really calm way about how he plays, pretty much um, uh, likened to Ver um, how Virgil van Dijk is. But, you know, uh, with him uh, not being um, um, uh, favored to uh, start games or even uh, get many minutes uh, in the Brazil national team, um, I don't think we have the problem with him um, having any burnout or playing too many excessive games um, uh, throughout the season. Uh, obviously, um, I think he's uh, started every Premier League game and he, uh, as things stand, he will continue starting every single Premier League game. But, you know, you wouldn't want to give him um, too much of a rest because especially, uh, and we discussed this in uh, previous podcasts, that um, we usually get the best out of our players uh, when they play um, quite often, quite frequently, and they don't really need too much rest. Um, so I think that um, he, sh he should maybe play um, against Arsenal um, tomorrow. Um, and, he, you know, what better player to uh, put in um, against, um, uh, you know, a, in a team where you, you'll probably have uh, quite a few younger players uh, playing in. So he would technically be um, the general of that team if you assume that um, the likes of um, Jordan Henderson and Virgil van Dijk uh, won't be playing. Uh, you'll probably see uh, James Milner um, come in, who's pretty much, um, uh, you know, the leader of the team, um, probably even ahead of Jordan Henderson, even though he doesn't have um, uh, uh, the captain's armband. Uh, but, you know, um, I think he'll probably um, uh, start in the number six role um, in, um, in the midweek uh, game against Arsenal, where he can really help out. Um, some younger players who were uh, coming into the team positionally, you know, with the likes of um, Harvey Elliott and possibly um, uh, Curtis Jones uh, featuring um, in the game. And then I would personally, even though, you know, he has really good discipline, I'd probably um, take him out for the, um, for the Villa game. And, um, you know, since we're already approaching... Um, uh, the festive period, and we're going to have so many games um, uh, consecutively. Uh, you might even uh, see him getting a cheeky yellow card um, at the end of the City game so he can sit out the following game and then um, uh, be absolutely clear for um, for the hectic period uh, where he, he'll probably start, if not every game, a big majority of those games uh, because I can't really see him uh, being rotated, but it would probably be um, Gini Wijnaldum and uh, Jordan Henderson being rotated with um, Ox and Navicata, and you'll probably see Fabinho playing most of the games um, out of all our midfielders uh, throughout November, December, and early January. So, me personally, I, I I would I would probably start him against Arsenal just to get that um, extra experienced player um, in there who doesn't uh, play that much for his national team as as much as our English lads do, um, and then. Um, give him a breather for Villa and then uh, play him in the, in the Champions League against Hank uh, and then play him against City and ask him to get a booking in the last minute. 
Okay, so we're going we're going old Mourinho then. All right, I can get on <laughs> I can get on board with that. I can get on board with that. Beryl, so it is Arsenal next. It is Arsenal next. Um, no, do you know what? Actually, I want to talk. I just want to talk for a minute about the penalty, right? Because I've heard people say that people have said. I don't know if I've actually heard it myself, other than my Spurs supporting brother, that it wasn't the penalty. But in what planet is that not a penalty? Well, yeah, I, I don't know. <laughs> On this planet, it is. I, I think uh, I, I've, 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 I've been trolling uh, a few. Uh, I, I have to admit, uh, a few uh, Tottenham supporters who are claiming it wasn't the penalty. Because um, they said Mane was impeding Aurier uh, <laughs> when he tried to boot the ball away, and, and you know it's it's a very simple question you can ask. So did he kick the ball, uh, Serge Aurier, or did he kick Mane? And, <laughs> and and the answer is quite you know quite clear. And so yeah, it is a penalty. Okay, there's we can we can safely admit that that. Uh, Mane was uh, probably uh, knew that he was going to be kicked because uh, Aurier was already kicking. But what Aurier did was not, you know, after he touched him, he didn't uh, pull his leg back and and, uh, and uh, admit that uh, that he had made a mistake. Now he 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 doubled down and he he kicked him uh, right to the ground. So it, it was it's 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 a very curious player who. Who was getting more and more uh, frustrated and, and 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 kicking the ball in the stands, etc. So in, in the second half, it, it was clear he was he was being bullied by Mane, and and Mane was was playing him, and uh, and at this point they had uh, they had brought Dombele on, and he was doing some interesting things and in trying to to play the ball more directly to to Son, and I think it was. Trent, who booted the ball up to to Mane, and, and and Mane lost the ball to Aurier. But yeah, he was quicker to the ball. And and, and anyone who says that this is not that was this wasn't a penalty is 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 clearly uh, deluded one way or another. So yeah, no, it was it was a penalty. It was no doubt about it. By uh, even even Gary Lineker couldn't couldn't say it wasn't it wasn't a penalty. That pretty much sums it up for me. Yep. So Johnny. Arsenal, what sort of a side do you want to see? I'm a big fan of the Arsenal Wenger post of the League Cup. That's what I'd like to see. What about you? Yeah. I do think it's an opportunity to get more games and for the Ox and Keita. I really do. I wouldn't mind seeing them at all. I want to see Gomez. You know, it'd be interesting to see what he does at centre-back. There is an argument um, that if we're going to leave... You know, I think Fabinho needs a break, but I think there is a solid argument that if we're going to leave him out of the Villa game to make sure he plays against City, and he has to play against City, I think he's, it's absolutely critical that Fabinho is not suspended there. He might get a game, but, you know, I want to see I, I want to see Brewster. I want to see uh, more of Elliot. I want to see Curtis Jones. You know, I do, I, I do want to see him really mix it up, I think. I want Robertson and Trent absolutely nowhere near that game. They need to get a break. Um, and, I, and I think there's an opportunity, Dave, to put out a good, balanced team. You know, we can get some 
get KVM and the Ox, you know, get more minutes under their belt, see how they do. Um, I definitely think one of those two is, I think especially Keita could well start against Villa. Um, if we're going to give Fabinho um, a rest, I could, I could see that um, potentially happening. So, you know, there's, there's, there's plenty of, there's plenty of options there. You've got Origi as well. Still think we can put out a good, a good team. I mean, I think it'll be interesting to see what Arsenal do. It looks like, you know, Ozil's going to get a run out uh, out for them. I think it'll be a good open game. I think there'll be goals. hundred To be 100% frank, I don't really care <laughs> whether we go through or not. And that's just being blunt about it. Like the league, the league, <laughs> I, I, just, I just can't get myself. A, I, I agree with you. It's, if it wasn't for that two-legged semi-final, I don't think it would bother me so much. But that's a, it's a fucking farce. It's a disaster. You know, you're coming out of December, which is already going to be crazy, absolutely crazy with the World Club Championship. And could you imagine the, the hype if we ended up having to play Man City in a two-legged semi-final in January? Just the, You just don't want to be anywhere near that. I, it's a competition. I know that Liverpool are the record, you know, the holders of it the most times and all that, but... I just can't be arsed with it anymore. It's, you know, we want leagues and the league and the European Cup is what it's all about. And this ultimately for me, as long as if we can motor along on it without compromising in the team, you know, by all means, if we're going to end up playing City in January and we play all the kids and that's fine, but I really don't want to take a minutes up with anything uh, with any of our senior players. Um, but I, I just find it hard to get get up for this competition. I really do. Um, I think it's bottom of the priority list, to be frank. Yeah, I, I wouldn't I wouldn't go I wouldn't go too far away from from, <laughs> from your sentiments there, Johnny, to be perfectly honest. Um, and Cengiz, just before we wrap up, um, it's funny, I, I do ex- I do expect to see a lot of these players and I know you watched uh, Pep Linder's press conference earlier on which if anybody hasn't seen it, it it's he's really he's really engaging and um, he's obviously really passionate about about the club and about what he does. But um, he spoke about pathways for younger players and particularly with with the new new coach from Porto that's come in. And I'm wondering, are we seeing here? Uh, you know, the academy's a big deal for Klopp and. I wonder and are we seeing here now that he feels like he has a squad of um of players at that age group that now are in a position where he can blood them into the team in games like this where he didn't necessarily do in the past. Pep Linders mentioned that you know now, now that we have um this squad um with uh players such as um James Milner, Jordan Henderson uh, Bobby Firmino, Adam Lalana, you know, players who um, some of them um, aren't really playing week in, week out, uh, but really they're an inter- integral part of the squad. Uh, you know, it's, it's stronger than ever. And, it, you, you know, you have all these uh, younger players coming through, um, the likes of um, our goalkeeper, um, uh, Young Kelleher, um, uh, Larucci at left back, um, um, Hofer, um, who's uh, currently in the uh, under 17s World Cup, um, Harvey Elliott, Curtis Jones, who's who's a local lad from the city centre, um, Rian Brewster, and um, Adam Lewis, who hasn't been 
uh, featuring or talked about uh, recently. But, you know, there's a few more um, there on the fringes. But, you know, we've never really had these kind of um, more experienced players who, um, even though they're not playing, they're an integral part of the of the dressing room. You know, whenever they talk about, um, for example, James Milner, uh, you know, he they, they always mention him. Um, even before uh, the club captain Henderson, because of um, the team talks that he gives um, um, uh, before the game, you know, club all here. Um, he mentioned a few times before that because of his language barrier, he really needs um, James Milner to give those talks in the dressing room. And, you know, all these kids are kind of um, exposed to these situations. You see them um, traveling with the squad to Champions League games. Um, even though um, they're not on the 18-man um, uh, in the 18-man squad, um, and you know it's it's just so nice um, now that we have um, such great um, structure of operations where um, you know the, the the academy players are always um, in in close proximity um, to our um, more experienced players, and uh, we're going to be moving to the. Um, uh, uh, to the new uh, Kirkby facility soon, where it will be um, just one uh, grand facility, which is, um, um, I believe, a state-of-the-art facility uh, wh where you can, where you have the academy um, kind of joined uh, together with the first team. So there will be even more exposure um, uh, for the younger players to, you know, be around uh, the likes of um, our very experienced players, um, including uh, Millie Hendo, Bobby Firmino. Uh, Adam Lalana and whatnot, um, and you know it, it also speaks volumes about you know how um, how eager everyone is uh, to kind of um, get James Milner um, on board for longer. Um, you know, even though I guess he acknowledges his role, and he recently um, uh, you know released his book uh, where he uh, he kind of acknowledges um, that you know he he, he won't have. Um, the same kind of, uh, you know, he won't be playing every game. And uh, we, we see him uh, playing at right back, being shifted to left back during games. And having a player like that who's so flexible, you know, in his um, uh, approaching his mid-30s, uh, but still playing such an integral part in the team um, and uh, helping out the youngsters, it's absolutely crucial. And it basically provides um, the fundamentals um, to allowing... Uh, these younger players to develop with um, such a work ethic um, and, you know, uh, not being scared or, you know, not feeling the pressure and um, just working as hard as possible because um, not, not just in football, but uh, it's not possible to achieve anything without uh, working hard in life in general. So uh, it's just really nice to have such a down-to-earth, um, uh, experienced player who's, um, you know, not fussed about or never bothered with, you know, trying to be on the spotlight for the wrong reasons or, uh, you know, doing his own uh, personal PR, but, you know, just purely focusing on um, hard work and graft. And, you know, it's, we, we just have so many of these players um, who are setting the perfect, perfect examples um, to our younger players, because what you see most of the time is uh, you have many young players who are talked about uh, being generational talents and, you know, having, um, incredible potential and, you know, being wonder kids and whatnot. But at the end of the day, uh, it all comes down to how hard you're uh, willing to work um, to show your worth and, you know, just to prove that you, you can put your body on the line 
for the team. Um, and I think um, such players are um, showing to be the perfect example uh, for our younger players. And hopefully, I mean, we do have a, an extremely competitive squad. You know, just even looking at our bench uh, on a normal Premier League match day, you'd think that, you know, in other competitions, how do our younger players even get into the team with, uh, when you have a, a squad that um, or a bench that consists of Oxlade Chamberlain, Nabi Keita, uh, Dejan Lovren, or Joe Gomez, um, uh, Divock Origi, and you know all these uh, fantastic players who can uh, seamlessly just um, slot in for any player, and um, you know you'd maintain the, um, the same kind of strength whoever goes in and out. Uh, but you know the the League Cup especially is a uh, is an opportunity for these younger players, um, uh, for the likes of uh, Curtis Jones or uh, Rian Brewster, um, Harvey Elliott or uh, Yasser Larucci, um, to kind of show that you know they're taking um, all the information on board uh, from our experienced players and that they're ready to work hard to try and you know get into the team and uh, stake their place um, uh, in our team uh, in the near future. So. Uh, it certainly looks very promising, and um, you know, once uh, the academy and the uh, the first team kind of um, get together in the same complex as well, uh, that should further increase uh, their chances um, in doing so. But I, I'm totally unrelated, since we're coming to the end, I just want to ask you, uh, Dave, since you were at the ground, uh, were you um, calling out for Allison to score the goal in the last um, in the dying seconds? Because I certainly was. No, absolutely not. <laughs> Absolutely not. No, no. You know, I, I bet he could actually throw the ball um, to goal. I, I think he has that reach. It, pro it probably could have, but I was just like, just calm down. I'm right, John, I'll be really honest with you. I actually didn't know that the goalkeeper was in the box until <laughs> he was like halfway back after the corner. It's just that, I don't know, because I think my vantage point in the Anfield Road end was quite low. I haven't sat there before. Um, I know from, but I know anyway from sitting quite low, the box was kind of crowded, and I was looking through the crowd of of players. Like pretty much everyone was in the box because it was like the last minute, and it was a corner. So I didn't even notice Gazzaniga had come up until he was fucking legging it back. And then when I saw it, I was like, "Just you hold on to the ball. Just you hold on. This is it's over. Just keep a hold of the ball for as long as you can. Take the piss for as long as you can. Take a yellow if you want." Just see it out, and that's what he did. And again, it's just it's really mature from the goalkeeper. Um, it's 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 game management from him, and he he could have done what probably fucking some shit goalkeeper like Jordan Pickford would have done, and went, oh here, <laughs> got a chance to score here, so I'm just gonna I'm just gonna punt this down the other end. But he didn't, and I was perfectly happy with that. So um, just on closing. Beryl, who do you most want to see against Arsenal? Who are you most excited about? Uh, Harvey Elliott. Uh, yeah, he, he reminds me of... Uh, no, no, let's, let's not put that on him. But he, he, he's, he is electric. Uh, I, I, I was very impressed with him uh, MK, uh, against MK Dons. And, and you know, and you asked me for one name, but, you know, I'm going to mention Curtis Jones as well. <laughs> Uh, I, I really liked him as well, and I, I was hoping he would get game time last year. But uh, but he, he has developed, and you know, I mean, physically, uh, I I saw he 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 
I think he's 17, 18 years old. So um, it's it's normal that he, he needs to bulk up a little. But uh, you know, there is a player in there, and I'm 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 really excited. Uh, there is. Uh, uh, I'm not nervous for <laughs> League Cup games, so I don't care if we uh, go through or, or not. And 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 there's even an uh, uh, an advantage in in not. Uh, but you know, uh, I I always want to win at the other on the other hand, and and it's it's a, it's a good opportunity for for the kids to 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 show their worth. So yeah, I'm 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 excited to to just watch the game and and enjoy how we play and i hope it will be enjoyable but uh, you know th- those two are, are the ones i'm i'm really uh, looking forward to see okay grand johnny have you something you're looking around for are you are you you can't wait to get a look at another another look at nabi Keita? yeah well i would say elliot as well because he was so good you know the last time i but i i do i think there was signs like Keita was i think in the in the last league cup game you know, against Sam Cadons, he was just back, and he, he just seemed to dawdle through the match. Really, he was t- he was tipping about, and he was it looked like he was told take no risks, just you know treat it like a training session almost. Um, I thought against you know Gink, he was involved in quite a lot of good stuff, and I just still think that if we could get him and Oxley Chamberlain really, you know, really going as an option to come into that midfield, not necessarily the two of them, but you know, to see the two of them come into the team um, at times, not necessarily together, but I think they can add a lot. So, yeah, I think it's a good opportunity for him against Arsenal. And I have a feeling he'll play tomorrow night and and maybe Oxlade-Chamberlain as well, just to give them some legs. So, yeah, I'd be looking forward to seeing if they can kick on like they did against Genk and um, hopefully play themselves into contention. Um, one of them, at least, for Villa. Yeah. I don't know. I said this before the, the, the last the last Champions League game that it may be more important what they do off the ball than, than what they do, or what they do without the ball than what they do with the ball. And I kind of got the impression in Klopp's press conference afterwards or his interview afterwards that he wasn't delighted with with how they were off the ball. Um, and that's put in context by, by listening to Pep Linders today. So yeah, I personally am I'm excited to see uh, Adam Lallana again. So, um, yeah, on that note, um, guys. That's, a, that's, right. a, that's a controversial note. <laughs> Adam Lallana. Lovely footballer, Johnny. Lovely footballer. As you've been saying for years. <laughs> One man, Adam Lallana fan club. Fair play. <laughs> yeah, so, um, guys, th- thanks for joining me. Um, and until after Arsenal, I think, where I think Dave is going to come to join you with his own brand of analysis and Adam Lallana loving. Um, up to Harry Kane, hates how the Reds get all the fucking lucky breaks. Six point clears Reds. 